Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Call Me Crazy. Um, it's a new week. I'm excited. We have a special guest. Um, it's way overdue. I've wanted to have this beautiful human being um, on this platform for a really long time. I think you have so much to share, so much insight. Um, so before we get started, I'm going to introduce our guest. Um, our guest is Cody. And for anyone who doesn't know Cody, um, we used to work together a long time ago. Um, but recently with the whole, 2020 has been a mess, first of all. 2020 has been a mess. And there's been people who have stepped up because of everything in the chaos. And you've done such a beautiful job of doing that and everything happening with the BLM movement that kind of came back up this year. Um, Cody was such a voice for a lot of the education behind it, the activism, and you've continued that. You know, I feel like a lot of which is so sad, like a lot of the hype kind of died down, but you are still out here talking about the damn thing and it's so important. And I feel like you have such an important voice and I want to be part of amplifying it. So thank you so much for being here. Um, if there's Hi. anything else you want to add, oh, and your clothing line. Hi, I want to. Hi, P. <laughs> <laughs> that has taken a slight pause just mm -hmm. because no one's doing anything. You know what I mean? Like, no one I has anywhere to go. There's no motive yeah. for anything. So it's like, mm -hmm. I just want to, like, wait until the girls have somewhere to go and then, you know, kill them with it. No, I, I feel that. You know what? No, no, no. And and the crazy thing is, as soon as we can go out, it's about to be, like, like savagery. Like, we are going to go yeah. crazy. So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But it was just, like, everyone who did buy stuff, like, mm -hmm. I, was actually, I was really fortunate to have a lot of people I had no clue who they were this just came from my friend network purchasing stuff. Yeah. Um, and all the messages I get are just like, bro, like, I guess I'll send you a photo of me wearing this in two years. Uh, <laughs> oh, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's timing, but like, I love it regardless. And you know, when the time comes, we're going to need those fits. So exactly, yes. ready. Um, so let's do a little icebreaker. Cause I, I feel like the topics like this are kind of like, <laughs> I don't know like it's just they're heavy and whatnot um so off the top of my head um usually I have one ready but I'm gonna think I'm just gonna do one off the top of my head um I have two that we can do the first one is if you were on like love and hip-hop or real housewife and you had an intro what would your tagline be this is so annoying that you brought this up. Really? I, I figured out my no, like, like I figured out my Housewives of Atlanta tagline yeah. like two weeks ago. I love this. But the thing is, like, I I have no recollection of it right now. Oh, okay, that's okay. Like zero. But hey, you were like, okay, I can remember as we're recording, and I'm just gonna have to stop. It right Let now. me know. Okay, cool, cool, cool. That's fine. Um, oh, fuck. I, I I don't even know. What about like something about like. Something about being sweet, but like, be careful. Like, I don't know, like the forbidden fruit or something about like sweet. Yeah, like they always have to relate it to a fruit. The peach. Yeah, like the peach or something like, something like along those lines. Um, but I feel like I'd be like, honestly, because I'm like so nice. I feel like I'd be like that friend that like everyone's just like, I'm just not like the entertaining one. I'm just like the cute friend out there. <laughs> that gives are it entertaining, but like all those taglines have like a connotation of like bitchiness. Mm -hmm. I swear. Mm -hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Like an under, uh, undertone of like bitchiness to it, right? Yeah. Um, but I don't think you can serve that. And that's not a bad thing. That's good. I know. I like, <laughs> did you see that Bad Girls Club is coming back? I don't I know. know. Exactly. Is it coming back? Yeah, I keep seeing it on the shade room. Like that used to be my show back in the day, but after they did the Claremont twins wrong, like I will never, I can't do it. Yeah, can't go back. Yeah, <laughs> I I keep seeing. I honestly forget her name right now, but it's it's gonna be bad. But the one with the chin, 
What's her the, name? The Claremont twin with the chin? No, 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 no. Um, Bad Girls. With Bad the Girls Club, yeah. I don't know who you're talking about. I don't know her name. I don't remember her name. I just know the one with the chin. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that yeah. is a lot. Um, okay, but in all seriousness, um, I really wanted you to be part of this um, conversation. I'm also doing a campaign um, for the Yes, I'm Blessed campaign, which is the month of November, where we want to include various voices that are part of the BIPOC community um, and talking about mental health, wellness, and just overall Black experience. I really wanted to have someone who represented that. And I was like, oh my gosh, duh, like Cody. <laughs> Um, and right before we were recording, we both were like, yeah, we're not experts. It's not like we are not the experts in any way. It's more of just a conversation. And I encourage everyone to just do further research, ask questions. It's just to start the combo. Um, and that's basically with anything that has to do with wellness and mental health, it's just starting the combo and then eventually healing can happen from it. Um, but yeah, let's get started. Um, so we are going to be discussing everything to do with, um, coding, identity, stereotypes, racism. Um, and I think you have so many, um, great perspectives on that because of so many intersectional, um, identities that you could share. Um, so I would love to know how would you define your identity? or social construct, because I think that sometimes it can be problematic. Yeah. That's a hard one, you know. I know, I know. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's always, like, that's one of those ones that it's just, like, I can say so many things, but none of them actually make sense. So I always, like, the first thing, black. Mm -hmm. Wait, what are we talking about? Like, how would you find yourself? Follow up off yourself first. Yeah, yeah, so I would, I... When people ask me, um, the first thing off jump, I say I'm biracial. Mm-hmm. That I like, I've always identified as that. Um, I'll say a uh, woman. I'll say um, I'll say I'm Muslim. Like I identify as that. Um, cis, gendered. Um, yeah, able-bodied. Um, so like those, and you know what? It's, yeah, and you know what's funny? I, I have such a, this kind of a random story, but I was born in the States and in the States, when you're born, they have three categories that they can put you under for um, race, right? And it literally represents this whole conversation. So it's- Three, three races three, put you under? Three races that at the time when I was born there and it's little boxes. So one of them was white or Caucasian. The other one was um, African-American and the third one was Asian. I was born and they- ticked me off as Asian oh wow (laughs) I was like like was it because like I'm mixed is it because you assumed like Middle Eastern yeah like and then that always has been something that I've like ever since I was born my identity has always been something that I've been trying to understand and define. And because Mm. I don't perfectly fit into these categories, um, that it's always been a challenge for me. So, um, I, it's very fluid. I, I think, and we are getting to that point. Exactly. Yeah. So when it comes to like, sort of like those terms and everything, I've always been one of those people that like, I, I just don't, necessarily like categorize myself under anything I I always just refer to myself as black I am biracial though I'm half mm-hmm. white half black mm-hmm. um, but everyone in my family first me is black everything you know what I mean I know I have my privilege as a light-skinned person mm-hmm. um, you know I see how annoying every <laughs> light skin is all the time so I'm sure you hate hearing it again but you know there's there is a privilege to it but I still uh. do refer to myself as black um I don't even really refer to myself as gay because sometimes the spectrum just flips. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. Gender, pronouns, call me what you want. Yeah. Very open. But yeah, I'm just Barb for sure. That's always going to be there. <laughs> I love that. Barb, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's for sure. Black Barb. We're set. I love that. Yeah. And you know what? I think that that's so beautiful and so important. Um, this is a conversation I actually had with my youngest sister um, during COVID. We were talking about sexuality and just identity and stuff. And 
she's only 13. I'm so happy she's having these conversations. And I told her like, you are stressing over something that really isn't a definite thing. Like who you are now doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be you in five years, 10 years. Like you have the right to evolve. You have the right to be this fluid being. And it's like, it's so limiting and it's really just shows how much growth like humans have to do. You know what I mean? Um, But yeah, so the reason I bring that up is because culturally, um, so there's society and then there's the community. Um, There's a lot that comes with being coded um, within within our community. Um, So my question is growing up black, do you think there was pressures um, to uphold for your identity, um, from society, your family, um, on how to, whether it was on how to act or a job or how to present yourself. Um, I know personally there was for growing up in my household, but I would love to hear your experiences. Yeah. So definitely 100%, right. Um, there's always that like aspect that when you're black, like I mean, at least when I was growing up and when I was starting to understand the world, it was like, okay, it's fine to be black, but we still got, we still need you to code switch Mm. in order to like get to where you need to go. You know what I mean? If you want to get this job, you need to code switch. You know what I mean? Mm. You can be black, but you have to, you know what I mean? So there's always been that. Um, And I think also with being like a very much like queer person, I guess like a queer person is always like the word that like I fall under. Mm -hmm. Um, I've had so much pressures from just the black community period of how to act. You know what I mean? Like, mm. why aren't you playing basketball? You know what I mean? Like, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? Yeah. So it, um, I feel like the farther you go into, you know what I mean? If you are um, disabled, there's going to be more things that you have to face. It's just like the more mm-hmm. things that I'm glad that you kind of brought that up. Um, with these labels, things come with them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. There's so yeah. much intersectionality and I, um, I definitely see it even just from like, like my dad, like the way he presents himself. A lot of the times I feel like he's suffering because he's been told that like, oh, you cannot show your emotions, you know, because you're a man or you, um, you're not allowed to have moments of weakness or, um, or even within my friend group, like I have friends who are queer and they might not even be queer enough you know what I mean or present themselves in a certain way it's like but you don't act like this or you don't dress like this and it's like you constantly like are being told like this cookie cutter place um or like outline that you have to fit in when it and that it is a lot of pressure like you said code switching is constant you know whether it is at work whether it is to fit into your friend group whether it is to fit in at home um and it's a very tiring thing to do because it takes a lot of energy definitely yeah it does it does yeah, yeah I first thing about your dad like with my dad you know what I mean like I can see just like looking at him the things he has to face you know what I mean like code switching with him is crazy because he is a black Jamaican man who lets Patois fly out of his mouth. You know what I mean? Like, that's how we speak. You know what I mean? And yeah. just at him, like, I know he doesn't like that in order for him to have his business thrive when he has to have these meetings. He has to turn that off. Like, it, it's, it's yeah. Nothing yeah. new. <laughs> I can imagine, like, and I think, like, even just, like, the way you speak, um, all that, like, we're very lucky um sometimes I joke I wish I had an accent but like just having an accent or a different way of speaking like that is already an additional layer probably like yeah and I don't know why and this is something some someone said something once I think it was on Twitter and it was like why do we make fun of people who have accents like as if they were dumber than us yeah really they can speak more languages than us so doesn't that mean that they're more everyone is smarter than English people. <laughs> Facts. I'm not like playing either. Like, and I just feel like there's such an entitlement with like English speaking people who do not have an accent. They like, I think 
you know, they think they're actually like running shit when Mandarin is the most spoken language in the world. I I wish I learned to speak Mandarin. Do you know how much money I would have right now? Yeah. So beneficial. Oh, I wish. I wish. Like, my brain could not handle it after this. Yeah. I couldn't do it. No, I know. (laughs) I can't. It's not happening. Um, But to continue on the topic, um, I really want to discuss the psychology of stereotypes. So, actually, one of my favorite classes in psychology was psychology of stereotypes. And we are all guilty of it. Um, It's very much part of just the human subconscious um, experience. I was reading up on this before we got on and a lot of the time only two percent of what we think is conscious and we have a a conscious understanding everything is super um, subconscious you know so these things sometimes are very implicit but let's start with what are common misconceptions or stereotypes that you think people might have of you of like of me okay so there's a lot of misconceptions you'll have about me Mm -hmm. um I think a lot of people think, you know, because I'm very visibly high femme and very like, you know what I mean? You can see that I'm queer from just looking at me. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people have that misconception, just like misconceptions that come out of the LGBT community. You know what I mean? There's a mm-hmm. lot of like, especially from straight men. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying that straight women are just as bad too. Yeah, um, they are. Just, you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of, stereotypes made up about that community and because I'm visibly a part of it people just assume that right away there's like mm-hmm. that there's some better light like it's just like sorry I'm trying to think of one you can tell too no um, it's okay um just while you think I actually was listening to this podcast that I love it's called the friend zone mental health podcast talking about um BIPOC community they, there's two queer men on it and they were speaking and one of them is light-skinned as well and he said that the first thing people see when they look at him is they see a black man. So they're like, oh my gosh, threat. But then they see, oh, light skin, a little bit less of a threat. Yes, yeah. 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 And, then, and then he'll speak. And because he speaks and he's not, um, I guess, this, this is why it is problematic, but important to talk about. He's not obviously queer. People are yeah. like, okay, like I'm not sure. But then he'll start speaking and you'll get to know him. You're like, oh, he's queer. Okay, now he's safe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that, I think that sort of, um, it's weird. But then again, it depends on who you're dealing with because yeah. going back to just like the queer thing, right? Mm-hmm. I'm always, I think I'm always black before I'm queer. If I'm, you know what I mean? If I'm yeah. putting someone, that's what they're going to see first. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but once they delve into that queer aspect, mm-hmm. then the relationship always goes from, okay, cool, we can be friends mm-hmm. to if it's a man, there's no chance for friendship. Mm-hmm. God knows why. After like, you know, like I have a lot of straight male friends and they're all fine with it, but just in the general yeah. things, it's always like no friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of women are just weird about it. You know mm. what I mean? In general, a lot of people are just, they just feel weird about you and the friendship relationship kind of stops there. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Um, I think there's also the aspect of like fetishization that can come into play. Um, that I- A lot of sexual misconceptions. Yes. Um, I like the thing that I get from a lot of people sometimes is just like, oh my God, like how many people have you fucked? Like, <laughs> are you in like, do you fuck black guys? Do you do this? Do you that? Like, bitch, listen, A, none of your business. Like, yes. Good girl. I, you know what I mean? Good. We don't need nobody. Exactly. But they're just going to assume that I'm some big, big sexual being that they can yeah. be just based off the fact that they can tell, you know? So, yeah, that's very interesting though, because. Um, I, this other podcast that I listen to, um, it's actually these two, um, drag queens. You might, I don't know if you would know them, but they were on drag race. Actually, we talk about drag race. Um, Bob, yeah. Bob, the drag queen and Monet exchange. Yeah, there's, I love them. Yeah. But, um, they were saying how that they had a whole episode on like sex and sexuality and how a lot of times people will see them and just automatically hypersexualize them because one they're men and two they're black and three they're queer so it's like all these hypersexualized um um, identities and Mm -hmm. sometimes they're like no we're just chilling like it's really not (laughs) like what you think it's not that serious yeah like it always comes down to like I feel like I have to let it be known that this is not 
a sexual conversation, nothing. Yeah. That is weird. And then also the uh, fetishization of like women wanting to just be your friend, like for the idea or that concept yeah. of like, oh, I just want to, you know, I just want to have like a queer friend or like yeah. that gay best friend. It's like that is probably. Don't try me with that because I've cut plenty of those off. You know what I mean? It's, it's weird. It is. That's a fetishization. I don't think it's talked about enough because it seems not threatening. But to me, that's so problematic. I yeah. Like, I'm at, like, my wit's end when it comes to fetishization right now. Like, I'm just so, like, ugh. like, it's disgusting to me. But the, fe- the fetishization, I feel like, is gaining and now that people are more scared to be racist. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, I think we see it a lot when it comes to the baby conversation. Like, yes. Like, light skin, dark skin, white babies. And, like, mm. I had someone publicly comment on one of my videos the other day, something like, it's just fact that mixed babies are cuter. And I'm just like, he's like, I would never marry a black woman because I am a black man and I want a mixed baby. And I was like, nah, you're crazy. That crazy is, that's, that's a mental health condition. Ish. Yeah, like, <laughs> oh my God, he's mentally ill. Yeah. Like, yeah. that is really sad because, first of all, when babies are born, they all look the same. <laughs> Yeah. They all look a little bit like mole rats. Like, let's be mole honest. Isn't the melanin because they just the <laughs> They're all white. Ugly. Yeah. yeah. Ugly. Yeah. So let's start with that. And that makes no sense. Like babies are just cute. Like, how are you gonna say, oh my gosh, like, oh gross. That is a lot of self-hatred that they need to figure out. Yeah. Um themselves. But yeah, that's um wow. I'm actually speechless that he said that. Um, But yeah, I definitely have seen it. And I'm also like, I feel like I've been guilty of having misconceptions or stereotypes of people. Like it's just, it, not that it's normal, but it's very much part of the human experience. And as I was doing research and I, I learned this back in school, but I had to refresh it. There's a reason why we have stereotypes. It's a way for us to, you know, it's a survival technique that we learn from our ancestors of like quickly being able to identify um, groups of people who are in groups are, you know, being able to quickly be like, okay, so um, A plus B equals C. So like, it's a quick, it's like, there's a a word for it, but anyways, it's it's like a shortcut of thinking. It creates the less, um, less effort for us, but because that is problematic, we overgeneralize situations and overgeneralize people and then, of course, like, it becomes prejudice or racism. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's where it's, like, problematic, of course. Um, so, yeah, that kind of leads me to my next question, which was how do you always think stereotypes are bad? Or do you feel like sometimes, because sometimes people will have, like, positive stereotypes about people, yeah. you know? Um, what are your thoughts on that? I think it definitely depends on connotation. Like, mm-hmm. It depends on how, what it's being used in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a lot of times stereotypes are good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, and you could probably agree to this, um, I wouldn't I wouldn't have found a lot of the community I'm a part of if it mm-hmm. wasn't for stereotypes. Yeah. How you identify people mm-hmm. with the same interests as you, people mm-hmm. you can safe around. Um, you know, they, like there's certain the that, like even just walking up the street, you as a woman, me as a queer person, we know stereotypes based off people act if we're in a dangerous situation. You know what I mean? Mm, yes. Yeah. Big key. Big, yeah, exactly. And then it's just like, can I, just based off even the way people dress and act, it's like, I can go up to anyone and be like, do you know who, who like Whitney Houston is? Yes, but like, can I, I feel like I can talk to you about cash stuff. You know what I mean? And mm. then cash stuff. It's just that's how you kind of get into it. You know what I mean? Yes, yeah. yes. Those cues, like the little social cues, little markers. And I think that's also kind of like how we choose to present ourselves. You know, we play into those subconscious stereotypes. Like, you know, I wear sneakers and I, what is that? What story or what group do I want to be part of or associate to because of those sneakers, you know? Mm-hmm. So as much as we're talking about stereotypes being a negative thing, I they can be, uh, you know, they're very much part of our everyday life. And I do agree about the whole threat thing. That is very much why it became a survival technique and evolutionary. We yeah. adopted it. So 100% agree. Um, but 
it clearly there's parts of it that have led to horrible acts of like disgusting like human behavior um so I would love to talk about stereotypes and racism and kind of where your whole your journey started like I don't even think I've ever asked you why you've been so passionate so vocal of course like I can assume but I want to know your personal story um around the whole BLM movement and really speaking up about all the injustice so okay so I think with that I was like one of those annoying Tumblr kids you know what I mean like I was on Tumblr I was constant like I've been an internet person right Mm -hmm. so I have known a lot of things about the Black Lives Matter movement since I was like 14 years old you know what I mean so it's always something that has sat there with me and it's always something that I've brought up and stuff like that but and I don't even like saying Black Lives matter movement because that's not what it's about it's just like that's the you know what I mean organization but you get what I'm yeah. saying um and I feel like at the height this year what it was just like okay like I think we need to start talking about this you know what I mean like I think that's what it was for everyone it was just like we saw people leaving their homes in the middle of a pandemic to be like stop killing us you know what I mean yeah and I'm like I have the privilege of being like and I have the privilege of living in Canada I have many privileges as well as I do not. You know what I mean? So I need to use my voice. Mm. My voice at the time, what was my, like I had like 600 Instagram followers and I was still going at it, making resources, doing this, doing that at the time. And this is sort of how, um, I mean, I'm sure you've seen the foolishness of me on TikTok. Um, I, I love it. And you know, it's funny. I remember when you, the day you joined it, Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, cute, like pandemic, I'm going to join it. Yeah. And then, but then you turned it and made it like this thing of purpose. You know what I mean? That, I love that. I think with that is, A, every, that I don't even like to bring up that I'm on that app because it's kind of cringy, but I feel like I've liked what I've done with it in the sense mm-hmm. that I remember at the height of everything, like that same weekend that the protests were happening, I was like, okay. I have 600 Instagram followers I can hit up and I have I have like one Nikki video go like get like 10k like it's on TikTok so I was like okay let me talk about it on here like I have like 600 followers here um and that didn't pop off but it created a conversation I made one video um it was after I actually have to hopped off a call with like a brand for like a Black Lives Matter um Zoom session mm-hmm. Um, and I made a video just because all the conversation that we were having around it, it just stressed me out. I made a video. I called it a couple people. I woke up the next morning. I had a million likes. You know what I mean? So. Shoo. Wow. That was stressful. I got exposed to a lot of how racism is on the internet. Mm. I mean, I don't even know how like black influencers and stuff who like Mm -hmm. are big outside of TikTok do it because that one video and the videos leading up to until this day that I do even if it's fully unrelated race wise like it's just it creates a really good conversation mm-hmm. um, so I think that's what I started being able to create a community around it and continue talking about it um that I was like yeah I don't see why the, I have to stop this you know what I mean mm-hmm. and granted I do not refer to myself as an advocate I am not I mm-hmm. you know what I mean I just Say what I need to say. I'm going to tell you about fashion. I'm going to tell you about music. But I'm also going to tell you how you're racist. You know what I mean? That's just- <laughs> Yo, I love <laughs> it. I love that, though. Um, you're just unapologetically yourself. That's beautiful, first and foremost. And you know what? Like, I have seen the power of TikTok. Just because, like, how much it impacts my sister and her friends. Like, I will literally... She came to me the other day and she's like... Because she knows, like, I struggle with my skin and I've been going through this whole phase and, like, I've been seeing my dermatologist. And she's like, you need to use a bar of soap. I'm like, what? She's like, use Dove bar of soap. It'll clear your acne. And I said... Oh, yeah. Where'd you see that? (laughs) I said, where'd you see that? Hmm? She said, TikTok. Yeah. And I was like, I'm like, no. She's like, no, but everyone's been doing it. It works. Promise it works. And I'm like... I was like, sis, TikTok <laughs> is not facts, okay? Yeah, no, it's not. And, like, I even, like, I still don't take it, like, super seriously. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I've always wanted to do, like, 
I've always wanted to be on YouTube. Many people have told me to hop on YouTube because mm-hmm. I just always have something to say. Yeah. So I'm doing it as well now, but um, yeah, the power of TikTok is crazy. Like so crazy. I have 200,000 plus followers on this yeah. thing. They're just talking my shit. Like it's, it's good. Yeah. Like but it. I'm happy that at least, and this is kind of why I'm, I've been saying this is I'm happy at least it's, educational and beneficial to such an impressionable generation you know so I think regardless like I don't see it as cringe or anything if anything I'm like I would want my sister to find your page and be educated and then you know go to her friends and be like you know like you wearing your braids like that is actually better citation and then her little white friends being like where'd you learn that she'd be like tiktok yeah yeah exactly like that learn this stuff you know what I mean (laughs) Um, and I think one of the main things that, like, right when, remember when we, that week when we were like, white people, you stop posting. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. If you're not, like, do not post anything. Don't breathe. Unless- <laughs> <laughs> um, I love that. However, outside of that, I knew that there was some people who were going to find this annoying. You know what I mean? Mm. A constant. And that, that isn't wrong. You know what I mean? It's not like this conversation is annoying, but I do understand how some people can become overwhelmed when they're consistently learning and educating and stuff like that. Mm. So I felt it necessary to create a space where, yeah, we can talk about your braids. We can talk about the fact that you're a colorist, but we can also talk about Nicki Minaj. We can talk about, Mm. um, we can talk about Prada's recent show. Like it's this, we can do everything. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, I love that. I love that. I think that makes it more relatable too. And then it just like, it takes off that pressure of like, you're teaching me and I'm like learning. It's just like, we're having conversation. We could talk about this. It's like when you, when you're with your girlfriends or with your friends in general, like it can go from serious to like talking about fashion, talking about music, to talking about issues. Um, And I think that makes it more relatable. um, Very much so. So I'm so happy about what you've been doing. I think continue it. I, I co-signed the whole YouTube thing, by the way. Like, I think you would, tra- you would translate so well. Um, and, like, you have a voice. And I think people want to listen to it. And you articulate yourself very well. Um, and you're also really entertaining. Like, you know, I I, wa- I literally be wa- there watching the TikToks. Like, you know, I know. Like, like, too comfortable on there now. Um, like, I, like, you got... I'm like, oh, my God. He knows how to do all these transitions. And the little... I'm like, damn. It's hard. On out, right? So... Yeah. yeah it's fun I just it's a lot of work too like I I made like three videos I was like all right I'm done yeah it's a, it's a lot it's of a work lot of and then just the people yeah but I don't know but I I'm just happy that now there are people who will DM you on Instagram and be like hey I'm having a fucking rough time and yeah. your videos are helping me because mm-hmm. I personally don't understand how I can help someone day or make someone happy but I know I'm doing it and I really like it. Mm, yeah. I like that's, it. <laughs> yeah. So keep doing it. I think you're, you're finding your space um, and you're calling. Um, but before we go, I want to know what was one piece of advice you would give to someone um, who was dealing with not fitting into a stereotype? Like, yeah, someone who doesn't fit into their stereotype or who's dealing with prejudice um, someone who might not fit into that perfect category and who struggled. I think that's a lot of the time all of us have faced that, but we don't really know how to articulate it or how to deal with it. When it comes to not fitting into stereotypes, to those people, I would say, like, just know that at the end of the day, it's not that serious. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not to fit into anything. Just like I said at the beginning of this thing, I don't really like identify with a lot of these words just because like, you know what I mean? It's just, there's too many intricacies once you get into them. You know what I mean? It's, it's a lot of times it's stressful. They're necessary, but they're stressful, you know? Mm-hmm. So know that you do not have to conform to anything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're a human being. You have, um, we have the rights that we have. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Mm-hmm. as long as you're not harming anyone else do what you want and you don't have to explain yourself to literally anybody a hundred percent no a hundred percent um I agree like I think end of the day um just staying 
unapologetically yourself will, um, in a, in a weird way, it calls upon your tribe. You attract similar people. Um, and I'm so aware of like the privilege that I'm, that I have in terms of like, it's been a little bit easier for me to kind of find that tribe because it's more socially normal. Like the, the, um, the identities that I do, um, fit into, but I also acknowledge that a lot of the times it can be very strenuous and, um, you know, there's a lot of additional factors that can play onto the mental, um, especially when you fit into the queer space or, you know, colorism as an additional factor, just all these additional things. And um, there's something I want to touch base on before we go is the whole concept of trans rights and transphobia within the community I think that that's a really really important topic and it's not discussed enough mm-hmm. um I I even would love to continue to educate myself on it and I know that it's it's even with the news it's not discussed enough I think oh, sure. uh, yeah and it's really really like it's heartbreaking um so there's a lot of trans folks who either commit suicide their the rates of suicide for trans folks is like through the roof and then, the, yeah yeah and then, rate, especially for black trans women yes exactly so like yeah so being killed for who you are is like through the roof and a lot of the times it's their own like racial community that kind of excludes yeah. them um and i think that that yeah Oh, no. So I think that that is something that I would love. Like, I have very little knowledge about it other than like I would love to educate myself. And I'm not saying that you do. I just think that it's an important thing um, that I I've been like looking up. I have some reference, like some resources that I'll share at the end. But yeah, like I think it's something really important. And I hope that people when they listen to this will continue and do research on it because it's just like it's really disheartening reading about it. I think when I, if somebody asks me who I advocate for, it's for black people and trans people because I, the trans conversation is looked over way too much Mm -hmm. because the trans people face discrimination from literally every group. And sometimes it's worse from the LGBT community. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, So a lot of people that aren't within the community don't, understand that there is still a high hierarchy within the LGBT community, which is white gay men at the top and black trans women at the bottom. Mm. Uh, And it's a lot of times there's white gay men, also black gay men, but it just, I've seen it personally come a lot from white gay men, um, be the most, say the most transphobic things I've ever heard. Mm. Um, And the bounce back I always hear from that is, oh, but I'm gay. You know what mm. I mean? So it's like, I feel like people always get a pass when they're transphobic, but nothing else. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I feel like trans people can literally just be like, can you refer to me by my pronouns? There's going to be someone that's going to be like, no. You know what I mean? And I just, I just don't understand how that is still going on. Mm-hmm. No, it's... Yeah. It's definitely a conversation worth having. Um, and there's still very lack of representation. It's very minimal, but I'm really happy. Um, I think, why do I forget? Oh, Dwayne Wade, mm. his daughter. Zaya, yes. Zaya's brought up such a great conversation within herself. Love Zaya. Love Zaya. Um, I love everything that she's about. Honestly, I wish I had the confidence and the self like um awareness that she has I think it beyond her years like love it and I think also like in a weird way Gabrielle Union played a part in that I don't know like it's hard because I look at basketball culture as and I have a whole episode on this coming out as toxic masculinity so toxic masculinity and trans issues are literally polar opposite polar opposite it is yeah Whereas there is great things about basketball. There's a lot of great things, but you're very, it's two polar opposite communities Mm -hmm. clashing. And that's why the conversation around Zyoid is what it is. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? And I think that's come out, you know what I mean? Because I feel like there's going to be old dogs who used to love Dwayne Wade that are hearing about this. And then Mm -hmm. 
those people are going and educating themselves and finding out about India more and finding out about Laverne Cox and finding about uh, MJ Rodriguez, all of these girls, you know? Yes. Um, and then, so yeah. Um, even Magic Johnson, his son, who EJ, yeah. EJ I freaking love EJ. EJ, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, and he, I don't, I'm not sure the pronoun that he uses, but I know he identifies, um, he doesn't identify as trans, but more like queer and fluid. So, um, and I love, and I think that the only, sometimes the only reason we talk about it is because of who their parents are and how counter and like, oh, like how are, how are their parents feel about that? You know what I mean? And it's like, no, but like, what about their experiences? You know what I mean? Like they're the ones who have to deal with it and they like being brave enough to step into this world and be like a hundred percent yourself is such um, mama, everyone can do that. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's beautiful. Um, I just wanted to read a couple of stats before we go. So this is off of the, on SoCAMH's website, if anyone wants to look over it. I wanted to keep it as close to like Toronto, Canada as possible, but there's three factors that impact the LGBTQ um, community in Ontario. So Bisexual and trans people are overrepresent are overrepresented among low income Canadians. So, in Ontario, studies found that half of trans people were living on less than fifteen thousand dollars a year. That is like, yeah, how? And that, um, I've noticed this just observing hiring processes. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you are visibly trans, mm. you there's a bias against you and I don't understand how employers are allowed to discriminate and it's just like the nonchalant things I've heard like people will interview a trans woman you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and pick out and then they'll be like I don't know she seemed like that was a man and I'm just like you are my manager you are my employer like like you run this shit and you you are going to you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. like discriminate against them it's not it's actually crazy and I think the way we and you know like it's so deeply rooted in society and like systematic racism and all that but when you occupy a space that has to do with customer service and dealing with people I would expect you to be educated and at least um like an ally to all types of people so that you are now hiring people and able to set the example. And you need to hire the people that reflect the people around you. You know what exactly, I mean? Exactly, yes. If a trans woman comes into a store, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And think all the employees are looking at her weird. Mm-hmm. That's an issue, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I'm sure you've heard of the term getting clocked, right? Yeah. Um, I just feel like that's exactly what's happening is mm-hmm. people get clocked, which, you know what I mean? It's, it's a thing. Like in my mind, it's not that serious, but for yeah. some people it is. And um, they're being discriminated and denied jobs that they're probably overqualified for mm-hmm. um, because of that, because of the way yeah. they protect that is yeah. nobody. I know. That's actually insane. Like literally overqualified for, literally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's the sad part about it. Um, to add, uh, so on, in Ontario, studies um, around trans folks has found that 20% have experienced physical or sexual assault due to their identity alone, and 34% were subject to verbal threats or harassment. I personally think that those lum- numbers are low. I think they're, they're not real. I think they're actually higher in real life, in my yeah. opinion. I got called a faggot in the street mm-hmm. by a homeless person like two days ago. So I could only imagine yeah. the number higher. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, yeah. I think it's literally like 50%, if not more. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Just think of what I hear around, from people around me. Yeah. No, yeah. I don't think that's right. And then I, I also think it shows like the access trans folks, queer folks have to public services you know like there's a disconnect there um even like just speaking on like basic like um what's it called like shelters like shelters are not safe for trans folks at all you know what I mean or queer folks because it's like you're at such a high risk of violence um and that is something that needs to be you know re 
organized, restructured. And it's like, there's just so much that needs to happen. Um, yeah. So housing, all that, I think is really important. The whole topic of intersectionality and race, like it, it's definitely a conversation that is beyond this pod episode, but I really yeah. hope that, yeah, I really hope that this at least like intrigues people to want to educate themselves and become a little bit better. Um, these are some resources that I have um, for anyone who, you know, is seeking for allyship or education. So there's the Rainbow Health Ontario. Um, so there's a bunch of fact sheets for anything to do with LGBTQ mental health. And I will have that. I'll post that in um, my links. Um, there's the Get Better campaign, um, which helps with um, suicide around LGBTQ youth, um, kids health phone. Um, then there's the lesbian, gay, bi, trans youth line. Um, and then there was a couple other organizations that I will add. Um, I think one of them was like the Black Alliance that has a sub um, like program for LGBTQ folks. Um, so I'm going to try and come up with like a little uh, database for people to educate themselves, connect, all that. I think it's really important. Um, and I think that's a lot of times when I, when I have conversations around like mental health, like I try and provide solutions, but obviously I don't know everything. I think education is probably the first and foremost when it comes to anything to do with um, implicit biases, racism, violence, all that um, education and just being self-aware, you know, catching yourself when you're having moments um, of, you know, like, blatantly being stereo like applying stereotypes in a hateful way i think you need it starts with you everyone does you know what i mean yeah literally everyone i have those moments where i'm like no we gotta cut that you know what i mean it's Mm -hmm. recognize that that's fine but teach yourself for the future to not project Mm -hmm. just being mindful and i think it really starts with ourselves um you know just or even how you treat your friends or the people around you i think or coworkers, like doing that and then if you're in a place of privilege acknowledge that and seek to sincerely learn um and educate yourself i think it's also not um black or queer folks responsibility to educate others i think you can reach out that's totally fine but i think there's so much information out there that you can also start there so i will definitely add that um Yes. Um, Before we wrap up, I like to, this conversation gets kind of heavy and like all that. So I like to end it on a little bit of a high note. Um, What is something that has brought you joy? A small joy this week, something that's anything that uh, you want to share that you kind of might have overlooked or you want a little resource, anything. What is something that has brought me joy this week? Could be small. I'm going to sound nuts if I say it, hey? That's okay. <laughs> I would say in the past seven days, mm-hmm. the thing that has brought me the most joy, I've been finding a lot of joy in music lately. Oh, I love that. No. Um, I feel like I'm not outside to be finding joy in anything else, right? So yeah. um, I think this week, my queen, Nicki Minaj, you know, yes. she's a very interesting collaboration. Um. And that song has been fueling me to wake up and get done what I need to get yes. done. It has me feeling like a bad bitch all week. Yes. Yeah. I, I would say. I, yeah. yeah, I love that. <laughs> and I love, honestly, I'm, I think small joys are way more impactful because they kind of accumulate and they're part of our day-to-day life. Um, for me, like, seasonal depression is a big thing but the amount of sunlight that I've been that we've been getting this week has been such a gift yeah Um, so I've been like and the warmth I'm just like seasonal depression in this shirt like yeah it's been amazing so like I'm literally been like sitting and basking in the sun and that's brought me so much joy because I'm realizing like it doesn't take a lot for me to be happy. It really yeah. just comes down to like the basics of like sunlight <laughs> and yeah. you know, like just good weather. So that's been my small joy. Um, where can we find you if people want to connect or, you know, continue to see your journey? We can talk. Okay. So on everything, mm-hmm. um, you can find me on Instagram mm-hmm. at 
Hello, Cody, with two Ds. Um, hello, Cody. My name is Cody, obviously. It's just like, hello, kitty. Mm-hmm. So, Love. Oh, my God, that's so cute. And I never <laughs> realized. That is so cute. I was, like, very drunk at a party once, and, like, that the thought that came in my head and I changed my username. So I love that. Um, if you want to go check out my TikTok foolishness, what I'm yappa yappa yapping about, um, it's also Hello Cody. I'm Hello Cody on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I'm also Hello Cody on Twitter, but Twitter is a ruthless place, so you really don't need to interact with me on there. <laughs> Twitter is um, different. <laughs> ruthless, like yeah, um, yeah. So you can definitely Instagram. That's the best way to connect if you have any questions, mm-hmm. you want to reach out, or if you know. You want to see when I decide to start posting pictures of the fits again, like whatever you want to do. I'm excited. No. Let me plug it, private edit just in case. Yes, please, please, please. I do run a cute little clothing business called Private Edit. So cute. Um, I started it in summer of this year. It's gone really well. I guess I did talk, talk to you about it before. Um, yeah, so I do run that. I want to let y'all know, but um, it's kind of going to be off until next summer because ain't nobody have nowhere to go. But have an edit on IG. Yeah, I love it. And you still have you still have products up right now. On I, yeah, I do, but it's just like I have like each style in like one large or like a medium. Mm, gotcha, 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 gotcha. So I think I'm just gonna do like that final cut for Black Friday and then close down. Okay, cute. No, that's good. Honestly, I'm excited because. I know the girls are waiting to be let out. So they're going to come to you. <laughs> I am. I'm going to be like, All right, I need that fit. Going out. Um, thank you again so much. I always love talking to you. Um, for anyone who has questions, um, I can always direct you to Cody. Um, you guys can find me at Call Me Crazy Pod or at Be For Real. And I will have that all in the description. And- We will see y'all next week.